All right, welcome everybody to the Football Neophytes podcast. Today on the cast, we're talking about FKW. We're hitting on Bruno United. The city steamroll keeps on running. We're going to ask the question, where will West Ham be in six matches? Of course, we're going to talk about Liverpool losing again. And hey, we got to touch on Fulham because I believe... What up, boys? How you doing? What's up? What's going on? Not a whole lot. It's good to be here with you guys. Nate, I know you've had a crazy week. How's it, how's it going for you? I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Big weekend for work. Um, 4 a.m. mornings, finishing up around 7, 8 at night. Um, but I am I'm alive. Didn't see a lot of football. I saw one important match. They, they moved the match to Friday so I could watch it. Um, but other than that, I, I, right before we recorded, I just opened up the NBC sports.com and just watched the one highlight that was at the top, which was Benteke's goal to, to win it. So I saw wolves and I saw Benteke's goal. So I basically cap ended the, uh, the weekend, but that's it for me. Hey, you don't have to let the listeners in on how clueless you actually are. You can always play it off, you know? No, it's fine. I've got I've got plenty of stuff I can fake. Okay, good. And of course, as always, we got our neophyte of all neophytes. Kyle, how you doing, brother? Doing pretty good. I'm just busy grinding away on the tiers and the, the top eight and plugging in all the data. And it's just, you know, it's like the stock market. It's going up and down every day. And it's just a lot of, lot of calculators, a lot of number crunching over here good do i need to open like a reddit forum to you know kind of persuade in some way the numbers yes wall street bets is already all over this and to that end crystal palace's stock is soaring oh (laughs) oh some crystal palace uh love early on yeah Yeah. they found out people were short in crystal palace so they're trying to get it all the way up to a thousand. Nice. I mean, they had quite a day today. So um, it's working. It is. It is. I mean, what a what a game that was. We can hit on it real quick since we brought it up. And I know you have the crazy love for Crystal Palace. They made the top eight somehow, some way. Uh, they're now sitting in thirteenth place after today's victory. But um, for anybody who didn't see it, Benteke. Scores a goal in the 95th minute on a really nice goal. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He got like a long cross that was basically like a last chance prayer. It looked like he, it was going over his head. Like I thought yeah. for sure it was going over his head. He takes it in the air, goes far post, just past the keeper, just inside to score in the 95th minute. Um, right before time expires crazy way to finish that game but it was a beautiful goal um, we'll probably get there in a little bit but it's getting my goal of the week award when we do get there any did you guys see that highlight I know Nate you saw two goals I think that was one of them right that was that was one of the two goals I saw this weekend nice well let's talk about the other goal you saw this weekend uh, which takes us to our FKW 
so the listeners want to know, and those are those who actually follow you on Twitter already know, but uh, the full kit wanker, was it still in effect this week? And how did it go? Still in effect. Uh, I, as I said, I had a bit busy work weekend, so I was out of my house. So I, I, I wore the, the full kit, just the shorts were under my jeans. <laughs> so I was full kit wanker this weekend and it pulled off. So that's 10 points out of 12 for wolves. Um, we just got our playoff, our, our boys flag football playoff schedules. And if Titus wins his first game, his second game, which I coach is right in the middle of the wolves, wolves, Newcastle match this weekend. So I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to pull it off this weekend in like 80 degree weather. Um, so I'm already, I'm already scheming and our team's mm-hmm. football colors are blue. So I can't even like try and pretend like it was green, a green kit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we can still count it if you layer up. I'll probably layer. It's still going to be odd and probably pretty hot. Uh, that's not my problem. That's yours. Yeah, that's true. Now, Nate, have you washed the kit during this streak or is it just going sweat and everything? Is that contributing to it at all? I have I I wasn't gonna bring this up at all, but now that you're asking, I have not washed it. Fortune, I but I was starting Smart. to do the math. I was starting to do the math that I've only worn it like two hours each day. It's only <laughs> so I've technically only worn it eight hours. So I still probably have a good like three or four weeks left in it. Yeah. For sure. That's not even a full day of wearing. No, no. And they've been some early mornings, so no sweat. I'm not going outside, but I did do a full work day in it this last. So I guess now we're we're starting to push over the, over the limit of wearability, but anything for wolves. Yeah. Wolves match was actually so great. Um, They were, they were so aggressive in the first half. Um, Tons of shots. Some of them, even um, some of them, even on goal. I mean, in the first half, they had a lot of shots and a lot of shots on goal. Second half, they weren't quite on goal, but um, really exciting. Like this was watching this match. I was like, yes, this is these are the wolves that I love to watch. However, this is elite. Like <clears throat> this is the thing I kind of kept coming back to reality. The, this is leads. Like. Mm-hmm. You, if if your most like if wolf if this is wolves most aggressive attack of the year and they've scored one goal on leads that's actually not super impressive <laughs> so, um, but isn't isn't the reverse then true though at the same yeah. time with leads being such a good scoring attacking team you guys clean sheeted them for sure yeah no that's and that's something we've 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 definitely had our challenges with this season especially when we were going for at the back but. Um, but wolves have prided themselves on, on clean sheets and, and solid defense at the back. And I'm really, I'm really, it was, it was really encouraging. And I think we have the opportunity against Newcastle to do the same thing. And I think Nuno should, um, I doubt we'll do the same thing against city the following week. So, um, cities, the victories we've got over city over the past couple of seasons have been with us really sitting back deep and then going on the counter attack. So, um, so we'll see what they do going forward, but it was really fun. It was it reminded me why I love wolves. 
Um, Pedro Neto's out of control. Good. Um, I think he had like 10 shots himself, which in hindsight, there were at least two he should have passed and probably would have been goals or at least better attempts than what he put on. But we can't fault him. I mean, he's been great all year. And then, as you mentioned, the Traore not goal um, was just a crazy strike off the off the woodwork, then off of Melier, and then into the goal. So um, we'll take it. You know, again, it's like I've said it for the last four weeks, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And we've been really, we've been really fortunate over the last few weeks. Um, so I'd still love to see some improvements of form, but, um, but yeah, 10 points and, and 12, 10 points out of 12. That's what we, we needed that. So nice relegation, uh, re- relegation meter at a full, full stop zero. I don't blame you. That's where I, would be. And I don't, I actually, uh, I don't think we're going to need to bring it up for the rest of the year. Probably not. Yep. I think you guys are good. You're playing so much better and uh, you're, you're taking points again. So that's, that's solid. And now, I even Kyle, looked at like the rest of our season. Um, sorry, just real quick. I, I just, I did look at the rest of our season. I think we play the, I think we still have matches against the bottom six teams which that doesn't, that's not saying a lot because we've struggled against a few of those over the year, Burnley in particular. Um, we do still have city. We have Liverpool, we have Manchester United. Um, we, so we have a lot of like still tough games left, but included in that are the bottom six. So I feel like our, our schedule is fairly, it's at least, at least even if not a bit favorable. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. You guys have Newcastle this week then you've got a, you've got a tough four game run yep. right after that. Yep. Cause you've got city Villa Liverpool, <clears throat> and West Ham. Yep. But, but then it breaks the opposite way when you guys go Fulham, Sheffield, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton Spurs before you get to Everton and United. So yeah, you got, we, we might be talking again in, in a couple of weeks if Wolves struggle in that, those, that four pack of games there. Um, but it opens right back up to a very favorable schedule for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to be getting hot when you go up against good teams. You know, if you can take a point or three from, from a couple of those matches, then that's, that's good. West Ham embarrassed us earlier in the year. And it was, it was interesting because I think four nil, and it was one of those matches early on in the season where it was like, how do we lose to West Ham four nil? And now it feels a bit, a bit better, (laughs) but still, I think, I think we match up decently against them. So, but we can talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah. And now Kyle, um, I know you watched this match. This is one of the games you're focusing on because it actually featured two of your top eight. Right. Uh, what do you see? What are your, th- what were your thoughts going in? What are your thoughts coming out? <clears throat> For sure. Well, going in, you know, I thought, I was really curious to see, you know, what appeared to be two contrasting styles of play and and how that would play out and kind of if one would maybe one style would pull that team to the other. And uh, I think it was pretty apparent, right? Leeds brought out a little bit more offensive look for the Wolves. And I would say, man, if, if Wolves played Leeds every match or played like they were playing Leeds every match, they might very well be the pick because they were a ton of fun to watch playing a little bit more up 
a beat in this game and really matching leads shot for shot and which there were a ton of Nate mentioned that right 15 shots for wolves 19 for leads it was just a ton of fun to watch these teams basically just take you know fire on the goal um and so like I said what I appreciated, like I expected that from Leeds, right? That's their MO. That's why they're in the top eight because they're super exciting. They're super fun. Um, that doesn't all, just like in this match, that doesn't always lead to points. You know, they, they had 19 shots, 22 corners, which is crazy and just weren't able to, to score. Um, and that happens to them. But what I didn't expect was wolves to kind of match that and to, to be just as fun to watch. And, um, you know, just, they have guys that, that can be super exciting too, like Treori and NATO. And, um, so I would say just watching them play a little bit more upbeat, um, and, and really a little bit more run and gun was really fun to watch. Um, that being said, Lee's did not disappoint either. That's, that's what I expected. And so, um, the thing with them, though, is after the match came out, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Bielsa's contract is sort of up in the air, and they're not going to necessarily renew that um, until after the season. And so I would say coming out of the match, Wolves improved their standing. Leeds, especially with the Bielsa contract, not finalized, and he's a big reason why I think they are the team that they are. Their ticker's pointing a little bit down. Because if he leaves, I think that leaves a lot of question marks for that club. Yeah, Pat, I don't know if you saw. I'm always, like, looking for who are the whiners and complainers. <clears throat> and Patrick Bamford, who I have loved since the documentary and watching him play, he's a, it's fun to see him play that was so well. <clears throat> he he got called for offsides in the match. Yeah. Which yeah. He was flagged for offsides by the, by the linesman, which – Linesmen are rarely doing that nowadays because of VAR. And there have been some controversy, or not controversy, there's been some complaining about that from traditional fans. Like, linesmen don't even have to do their job anymore, like calling off right. because they just punt and let it go to VAR. But he got flagged off sides by, the, by the, um, the linesmen, and he scored a goal. And then they went to VAR, and it was yep. upheld. But but he was, he was complaining pretty bad after the match on Twitter. And there was a lot of, a lot of whining about it, really, which was disappointing. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I hate, I hate that type of like kind of complaining, bitching and moaning, especially when it was like flagged and called offsides. I'm not saying it was like super clear, obviously VAR and, and offsides are a bit of a joke, but. I think he was offsides. I saw that. And I think he was offsides. I think that is, that's the type of offsides that's super frustrating where you literally have players running in the opposite direction. So the guy was, it wasn't that he got ahead of the guy who was stationary or something like that. The, the guy actually literally was making a move up the pitch and he was making a move down the pitch. And I just think that's got to be super frustrating as the offensive player in that situation. I don't know what he said on Twitter, but that does seem a little bit out of character for him as well. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Cause I didn't see the whole match, obviously watch the highlights, but last week Melier was terrible in goal for Leeds, And obviously this week just gave up the one off his own backside. How did he look in goal? Was he better this week or were Wolves shots just not that challenging for him? 
they weren't that challenging for him, I would say. Um, Patricio had a much more kind of remarkable game. He made some great saves. um, Yeah. And I think Melier, I mean, you can't fault him for the own goal. Like, he made an attempt and it, you know, bounced off and goes in. But no, he, he looked, he looked better. But I think if you're comparing goalkeepers in this match, Patricio definitely was the standout. Aston Villa, or not Villa, Leeds' shots uh, were a bit... I mean, there was multiple shots where they were 10 yards away and just firing at him, and he was just like a brick wall. Um, it was pretty impressive. Nice. I, I did see a lot of love on Twitter after the game for Patricio. So. Yeah. Helder Costa, yeah. Who, who used to be on Wolves, um, he had he had a pretty open shot that he probably should have put away and he missed it. It was like somewhere in I think in the eighties, like in the eighties <clears> or something like that. But that's always a team's like worst fear, right? Is that a former a former player scores okay. scores against you, especially one that would be that like devastating towards the end of a match. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's move on. Um let's touch on Manchester City real quick. Um, they keep winning their lead in the league is, is at 10 points still anybody see them falling out of that? Cause I sure don't. No way. I mean, I just, the top four all won this weekend. So it wasn't that they increased their lead. You know, you had Man U, Leicester and West Ham all, all getting victories. Um, Chelsea, drew so they they dropped a couple points but unless city loses i mean city will have to like drop a whole bunch of points coming up and really in their next few matches i really only see that happening to wolves you know so for sure (laughs) uh yeah it's it's uh you know they actually city actually played two games this week because they had one of the makeup games yeah so they got the three points that we've kind of been giving them anyways in the standings. So yeah, they went from a, a seven point lead to a 10 point lead. Cause they had the makeup game, even though nobody lost. Um, I just think the gap is too big. They're playing too well at this point. I know in these next Ola, four matches, you would hope that maybe over the next, well, next three, maybe. And if Southampton regained some form, but West Ham wolves, Manchester United, are all are all potential like draws. I don't I and they're all at home. I mean, that's the other crazy thing is City's at home for the next four. Well, yeah. United plays a lot better on the road, so that bodes well for United. Yeah. So in a derby, anything's possible in a derby match. So um, and Wolves yeah. really have actually played City well over the last since since Wolves got promoted we've played city really well. So I think three wins out of five matches against them, at least two, I I can't remember the first season as well, but um, so, I mean, yeah, anything's possible. Um, And, but it doesn't seem likely. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances city loses I mean, two of those three, let alone three of those three, because that's kind of what needs to happen for as a as a Manchester United fan <clears throat> looking at it. United has to basically win out at this point, it feels like, and City would have to lose 
you know, four matches for them to be able to make it up. So they got three toughies between in the next three weeks with West Ham Wolves and, and United. What are the chances they even lose two of those three? Yeah, I don't think it's likely. I think, I think United's best chance, best hope is that West Ham and Wolves draw against them and then Man U wins. But even then at that point, you know, that's, that's five points to city. And if man Manchester United win all three of theirs, that they only gain four points, they're still six back. So yeah, it's, yeah. it seems like a foregone conclusion at this point, barring something catastrophic, like a, yeah, it would, it would be a pretty big collapse for city not to finish with the trophy. So, um, but speaking of those chasing them, let's talk about United real quick. Um, Nate, I know you were busy riding a bike or watching people ride a bike. So you get a pass on this. Um, Bruno United continues to roll along. He gets an assist and a goal this week on a penalty. Um, you know, for United, they didn't look great. It's kind of a traditional United game at this point where they play a weaker club and don't look that good, but they get the win in the end. So it's one, one at half against a Newcastle team. That's really struggled to score. Uh, but in the end, they get the Bruno goal that puts them, uh, put it away. And then Daniel James scored to get them the lead early in the second half. Um, not, not a whole lot to take away here other than Ole seems to be kind of tinkering with lineups a little bit more than he was. Uh, Daniel James started these last two games. One of them was a Europa Cup game. Um, but the reason why I think that's important is one, Daniel James is actually looking pretty good in those two games. He's got goals in both, and he looked incredible against Real Sociedad uh, in midweek, which is really good. But the thing that that does is what we talked about a few weeks ago is it lets Rashford play to play his natural position. And Rashford got the opening goal for United this week on a really pretty move against two or three defenders and then going short side on the keeper. Um, a beautiful goal. And, and so almost non-existent. So getting him back to his, his natural position is huge for them, especially with Pogba yeah. out and yeah. Yeah. And they just, they need him on that left side. I mean, Anthony Marshall is just giving them nothing at this point. Um, he kind of has to play right now because he, because uh, we've got Cavani injured. So with Cavani being out and not available, you have to play Marshall basically and hope he provides you something. But you could hear Ole yelling at him in that game. That I, that's still the one of the things that I really like about not having fans is you can hear a lot of this stuff. <laughs> you can hear Ole yelling, "Anto, Anto, move, move! You have to run. You have to move." <laughs> <laughs> And then he yanks him, you know, in the second half. Um, so it's still, I don't know, man, it's tough. It's good to have Rashford back on his correct side. The chemistry between Shaw and Rashford on the left is, is really, really, really good. Um, you know, if Cavani's healthy, he's got to play over Martial. One of the cool things um, for United is they actually debuted two of their youngest players this week. Uh, Ahmad Diallo got in against Real Sociedad in Europa. He was the guy, Diallo was the guy who was supposed to come over in the summer, right? Correct. Yeah. He's he's the, he's the 18 or I think he just turned 19. He's either 18 or 19 came over from Atalanta. Um, and so he got in for like the last like seven minutes of that Europa match. Um, and you know, you can't really judge anything off seven minutes, but he was aggressive and good. And then, uh, against Newcastle, they, 
debuted uh, the 17 year old. He's 17 years old in 19 days. One of the youngest Premier League, uh, one of the year, youngest premieres for United. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. It's uh, Shortiere is his name. Um, but he debuted. He's been a kid in their academy for a while that everyone's been looking at. Um, there was a lot of talk about him transferring to maybe one of the Bungalisa clubs just to get him playing time at that age. But he really wanted to stay at United and he's on the main roster now. And so hopefully he'll get some more time. But again, he only got like five or six minutes too. Um, but they play Real again this week for their second leg of the Europa match. And with them being up 4-0 already and four away goals at that, uh, you got to figure the one or two of the young guys will get a decent amount of playing time, maybe a second half. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was United's week. They got, you know, Real this week and then um, Chelsea this weekend, which is uh, a fun game always. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's, let's hit on Liverpool. I don't know how much we actually want to talk about them, um, but they lost again, fourth loss in the Premier League in a row. I don't know Liverpool's history. I can't imagine that's happened very often. Yeah, no. They met, I, I read about it, but I forgot how long it's been since they've done that. But that's, yeah, four in a row, is that's bad for them. Yeah, maybe our boy Tim Hoyland can uh, jump in on Twitter and let us know. Um, I actually yeah, trying to get Tim Hoyland to go full kit wanker to save his team <laughs> season to keep him He's in gonna need Europa. He is going to need to because things aren't looking good. They're sitting in sixth, three points back of fifth, and uh, they're in a draw right now with Everton. Uh, only difference being goal differential and for game in hand and game in hand for Everton too. So. I mean, Correct. And two games in hand for Villa. So they're not too far away from eighth to be on. To, I mean, just in all reality, they're really not. Um, so, I mean, they just don't look good. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it all on Twitter, but Sala took a dive in the box this week trying to get a penalty. Did he get a yellow oh, for it? He didn't. He didn't get carded, but he didn't get the call either. But then, you know, EPL trolls came out in full force. It's fun to see that stuff because usually it's aimed at United players. Um, and uh, and so to see it being against Liverpool and Salah, who has been a diver for quite some time, but his greatness has always overshadowed it. Yeah, um, It's good to see him getting called out for once instead of United players. Salah's soft, man. He That guy, that guy he doesn't dive as much. Um, but he when he does, it's bad. Yeah. Well, All we right. also uh, mentioned Spurs too. Spurs are also <laughs> free falling. They're they're in ninth now. They do have a game in hand, but Spurs are a mess. I mean, I just don't even know if Jose has got it in him to to finish the season. It's a disaster. Well, remember a couple of weeks ago, I said if he doesn't pull, I think I said like five points in the next you know six matches, he's getting let go. Yeah. Um, that looks like it could be getting closer and closer to being true because they are struggling. Now, losing to West Ham is not what it was last year. Uh, West Ham playing some incredible inspired ball right now. They're sitting top four. They look like they belong in the top four at this point. Um, but still, at what point 
you start expecting this team full of stars to actually play like it. Yeah, I mean, Spurs, Spurs' only victory in the last six matches is against West Brom. They have two victories in the last, like, nine, and the other one's against Sheffield United. So they're just they're, – they're, they're a mess, too. And there's really nothing better than, than a Jose team in free fall. <laughs> it's true. It is pretty fun to watch. Um, I've been reading up a little bit and maybe I need to not read so much about like bloggers and EPL trolls posting on Twitter and stuff, but basically the sense is that he will not get another job after this one, that this is probably his last stop at like a major club like this, Mm. uh, because, and they ran through his stops and he was supposed to be the savior of Chelsea never won it, never, you know, didn't pull it off there. Then he was supposed to be the savior at um, United, and that was a total disaster. And now supposed to come in and save the Spurs. And it's like the guy was asking, at what point do you just accept reality that he's not going to save any club and that he's just a flame out at this point? Yeah, it's interesting. Pochettino has to be happy now sitting there with this PSG club just <laughs> dominating over in Champions League right now. Yeah. I mean, it helps that he has Kylian Mbappe, who is just ridiculous. I would love, I would love to see him in the EPL because I oh. love seeing talent like that. I want to see how it goes against like the tougher competition and like the stronger players. Like they claim the EPL is the more physical league of all of them. Yeah. I would love to see what he would do in there, but some of his career stats at his age, like they line up with Messi, they line up with Ronaldo. They they're like slightly ahead of both of those guys at this age. So, I mean, what that guy can do is incredible. He's so it, fun. It really is. All right. I was like, dude, I'm just trying to learn about premier league. Don't start talking about <laughs> these guys in other leagues. Yeah. Um, real quick note on this week that happened. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Fulham won this week. That's right. They got a victory over Sheffield United. And now they are not only within striking distance of 17, they're within striking distance of 15. I think anyone from Burnley down, they are susceptible to getting past. Now, I don't know if Burnley, who's sitting at 28 points, will drop all the way down to the bottom three. But Fulham at 22, sitting in 18th, Newcastle at 25 at 17th, and Brighton with 26 points sitting in 16th. All of those teams are catchable for the now, I believe, in Fulham club that is turning it on. What do you guys think? Yeah, for sure. I think kind of like what we talked about last week, that Fulham has a match against Newcastle. So in some way, like to, to finish the season, so in some ways – Anytime they're within three points of, of Newcastle, granted Newcastle's got a, a pretty good goal differential lead, but I'd say anytime Fulham's within three points of Newcastle, they're, they still have a chance. And then there's so much season left. Newcastle isn't playing well. Um, Fulham is playing better. And yeah, I think, I think it's definitely more exciting the relegation battle at this point than the, 
than the top of table. For sure is. Here's Fulham's next three matches. Crystal Palace, who's in 14th, playing a struggling Spurs team, and then plays a struggling Liverpool team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the time you want to play those clubs, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm pretty much joking around about the Spurs and Liverpool games, and then they followed up with Man City. So there's going to be a tough run there, but maybe they can squeak out a point against Spurs. Maybe they can get the draw, and you never know. I'd give them a better chance of getting a point against Spurs or Liverpool than Newcastle right at this point. That's true. Yeah, they, Newcastle looks like they are in dire straits at this point of their season, and it's not going well for them, to say the least. Um, real quickly, I'm going to hit on Chelsea. They did not play Christian Pulisic this week. They drew 1-1. Let's move on. Um, all right, so let's put the bow. No, no, no. We got to talk about Pulisic for a minute. If you're going to bring him up, like let's talk about him because the rumors are that he might be going to Bayern over over the summer. And I I bring that up mostly as it would be devastating for us as Premier League fans to not have Christian. But what's what's fascinating to me is you have us at one point of the season at whatever, whatever point of whatever match week, Owen Otisawi played, he played like three match. He got in three matches in a row, had a couple really good matches, whatever, whenever moment that was, I think Zach Steffen got a champions league match in there. There was a moment where it looked like, yes, there is going to be an American resurgence in the premier league. It's just a matter of time before all of these guys who are in the Bundesliga are going to be moving over. And it felt so positive. Fulham was starting two Americans. Um, So much was going on well, as far as like our American watch goes, but there's a chance that next season, like we won't, we won't even have um, any Americans to watch. It'll be Anthony Robinson. And that's it. It's going to be nah, Tim Ream. No, Tim Ream will still be might. on the bend, end of a bench somewhere. Yeah, but but they could be in the championship, guys. I know we're all talking about Fulham, but it's possible that Fulham could be in the championship. Wolves could loan out Owen Otisawi. Pulisic could transfer, and our only hope is that Zach Steffen gets in some random cup match instead of Edison at Man City. So. Pulisic transferring would be horrible, especially because the trajectory has been go to the Bundesliga, play for a few years. And Christian was supposed to be the one who created this like movement from Bundesliga to Premier League. And with all of these Americans in Bundesliga, a lot of people are expecting that some of them would begin jumping to Premier League, which not that they wouldn't, but if he goes back to Bundesliga, man, Mm-hmm. Well, did you see the rumors on Twitter that Liverpool was looking at Freddie Adu? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think it was from Freddie Adu's Twitter, but nevertheless. <laughs> I think it was a new from 2009. <laughs> yeah. 2009 tweet. He's like, hey guys, I hear uh, rumor has it Liverpool's looking at me. Um. Yeah, I don't even want to – the reason why I wanted to glaze over it, Nate, is because I don't even want to broach that. I don't even want to think about that. Um, it does – it's just 
this season has been so weird, I think. And then you have how he closed out last season, looking like clearly the best player on the pitch in most Chelsea games. Definitely the best player for Chelsea. And a lot of times the best player on the pitch in the match. Um, To where we're at right now, some of the stuff I'm reading out of Chelsea is they are so overly concerned about injuries for him that his body physically can't hold up to the taxing season that the EPL is and the, you know, the strength of the defenders and things like that. Um, I just, to, to picture a guy that good doing what he did at the end of last season to now being a possible transfer out because he can't handle it is really tough for me to figure out. If it's the physical side and his body breaking down, I guess I can understand it from Chelsea's side, especially with the investment they've made in him. Um, but it's just, he has so much talent, so much ability. And with the frustrating way that uh, Frank Lampard was using him early in the season, and then with Tuchel not even using him at all at this point, it's just so hard to gauge what's really going on there. Yeah. When you can't blame Tuchel, right? Because he, they're, they've got an amazing run of form going. They haven't lost since he's taken over. Um, they've only allowed two goals. One was an own goal. Um, so not that he plays defense, but just generally the form of the team is such that you don't, you can't blame him for not starting him. You do want to see him out well, there. I'm a, Nate, we're Americans. You're, <laughs> we can blame anybody we want. <laughs> especially, especially a German. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We're I mean, also Americans like, and we love to win. So you can also see how a guy. There, that's true. That is that. true. That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, at the same time though, you got to look at their schedule. I mean, he came in and they beat Spurs, Sheffield United, Newcastle. They drew with Southampton. Um, it's not exactly a murderer's row of opponents there for them. So it's not like they, I don't know. It's not like they've looked overwhelmingly good since his arrival it's just that they aren't losing the way they were under Lampard yeah but points are points I mean I I don't know how many he has now seven seven matches or whatever so 17 points out of 21 or whatever it is like that's I'll take that right so whether it's against the top of the table or the mid to lower table you got to win games so yep no for sure you're right All right, well, let's put a bow on this week by talking about the West Ham Hammers. Um, Another good week to be a West Ham fan. They looked looked good against Spurs. Uh, They took the win two to one. Um, Our boy Antonio was back. He scored real early in the game. Uh, got, Got a nice little goal. Goalie made the first save. Antonio got to his feet quicker and kicked it right back in. Uh, for his goal, and then Jesse Lingard scores again for West Ham. Continues to best be, transfer, best transfer yeah, of the January window, no doubt. And so, um, let's talk about West Ham for a minute. They've got a run coming up that is going to be super tough, and I we're going to know all we need to know about West Ham in six weeks or less than six weeks, six matches, I should say, because they play City, Leeds. Manchester United, Arsenal, Wolves, and Leicester. Those are their next six matches. Now, that is a bit of a murderer's row of matches. Um, 
right now they're sitting in fourth. They have 45 points. They're four back of Leicester and United for second and third. After those six matches, can you guys give me a prediction on where you think they will be on the table? I think they will be – go for it, Kyle. I'm going to say one spot lower, right behind Chelsea. All right. Nate, what are you thinking? What's your gut tell you right now? Um, in six match weeks, I think West Ham, I think they'll get eight points in those six matches and they will get, they will be, I think they'll be in sixth. I think they'll be two points lower. All right. I think Chelsea and Liverpool will jump them. Expecting a little bit of a regain of form by those clubs. Well, Chelsea's playing great. And I think Liverpool will pull it. Well, I've been saying it for four weeks. So I haven't been right yet, but I feel like Liverpool will put, put it together. All right. Fair enough. Um, I know we haven't really done like a term of the week, but it's kind of turned into like our question of the week in a way. Um, so, and you guys might not actually be able to answer this if you didn't see the play. Um, did you guys see the penalty that was called on Trent Alexander Arnold in the Liverpool match? I didn't No. Okay. So um, the offensive guy comes in, Puts the shot on. Allison makes the save. It looks like he holds on to the ball. And then Alexander Arnold comes in from behind and basically takes out the offensive guy. But Allison has the ball slide away from him. And then the offensive guy isn't able to continue his run towards the ball. TAA gets the penalty. I'm watching it and the like the contact, I get the penalty. My question that I had, and we'll need someone to jump in and correct us on this or correct me on this, is if Allison holds onto that ball, do they call the penalty? So if he makes the save like he originally did and holds the ball, it never gets loose for the offensive guy <clears> to have a <throat> follow-up chance. Is it still a penalty because of the contact that was made from behind by TAA? Or was it only a penalty because Allison lost control of the ball and there would have been a second opportunity. Without having seen the play and the way you describe it, I think if if Allison holds on to the ball, it's not a penalty. But okay. but again, that's without me seeing without me seeing it. So um because at that point the run is over and he would have no no chance to do anything with it so right can't you basically like just clothesline a guy after the play is over and it's nothing no it would be be a it would be a red card (laughs) no 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 that's not true if they were offside before the clothesline the clothesline doesn't count (laughs) They would they would still give him a red card. It may not be no, a penalty. No, because the offside preceded the red card, so the play is dead, and it never actually happened. No, that's not true, Chris. <laughs> the ref would be like, "My hands are tied. I saw him clothesline you, but 
unfortunately, we must play on. They're going to go to VAR, and it's upheld. He was offside. <laughs> he was offside. He goes, actually, it's a penalty on you uh, because your cleats were up when he clotheslined you, when you clotheslined him. <laughs> All right. Well, before yeah, we get I too far. I don't think. I don't think it would be a penalty. I just watched it. I don't think they would okay. they would call a penalty. But what we should yeah. talk about is that Richarlison with that through ball. No, it wasn't. Who the, who's the through ball we, on the goal or on that pass for that play? On that pass for that play. Okay, I actually don't know. I think that's Richarlison, and that is that was a beautiful through ball. That's what I was. Yeah. I mean, the penalty was pretty bad, but the through ball was just was just great. Rich Arlison had a great game. He yeah. did. He's, he's, he scored a goal on an amazing assist, and actually this leads us right into we can talk about our assist and goal of the week. Um, on Rich Arlison's goal, James Rodriguez, the pass he makes, the through ball, he threaded it through two defenders just perfectly for Rich Arlison, who buried it for the goal. Um, that was my assist of the week. Um, we talked about it earlier, but Ben Teke's goal for crystal palace today was amazing. I give, um, I'm giving Traore the assist of the week. If I can, <laughs> the way he passed that off the post into Melier's back or was, skill. was just brilliant. Brilliant goal. Do he they? didn't quite curl it in. So he's like, I'm just going to off the crossbar into his back and in. Do they give assist on own goals? No. But, no. Shouldn't, but shouldn't they? No. You because don't think, think so? Okay. No, because the whole point of the own goal is that it wasn't on target. So your shot wasn't on target. So because of that, the person, the def- whoever it was, the defender or goalkeeper put it in. So that's why some goals. So this is like we're just continuing some of our terms of the week, but that's why some goals you can put a shot on and it can reflect <clears throat> off a player and it's mm. not an own goal. It's given to the guy who shot it because the shot was on target. But gotcha. if it's so not, did that happen in this case, it was Treore's didn't no, he get credit. It, it hit the woodwork. So it was bounce it bounced off the woodwork and was bouncing away from the goal and it hit. <laughs> okay. And okay. It. That makes sense. But if yeah. Melier, like it, let's say the shot was was in the top corner, but Melier got his fingers on it just because he was the last one to touch it. Doesn't mean it's an own goal. It's only if you redirect it, a, a goal that it's a, if it's a shot that's not on target, that gets redirected into the goal. That's an own goal. All right. Fair enough. Cause on the, uh, the Daniel James goal in the United game, uh, Rashford passes it across and it's like a little bit too far in front of Bruno, but Bruno, sticks his foot out and it like nicks his toe and nutmegs the defender and then goes right to Daniel James who buries it. And so Bruno got the assist instead of Rashford because it nicked his toe. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of, I kind of feel like uh, Traore should get the assist on that, but that's just me and my thinking. No assist for Traore. <laughs> it was, well, and I meant to mention it earlier, like the fact that he got that shot off was unbelievable in yeah. and of itself. And then it to was. basically put it literally in the corner of, you know, both posts meeting up. I mean, that shot was so <clears throat> ridiculous to A, get it off and B, put it on target. I mean, it was unreal. I watched it a bunch of times back and forth and 
the way he turns on the ball to even get it on target is just unreal. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. That's something I didn't mention in the wolves match that has been, I felt like was like, is a really exciting aspect to the wolves kind of uh, offensive attack is both wingers are playing inside more. So wolves have traditionally put their wings on the far, far outside. And just all they've, all wolves have done is just like run the sideline, put a cross in, run the sideline, put a cross in, which worked with Raul, but hasn't worked this season without Raul. Um, and so if you notice in that match, Kyle Traore was all over the pitch that Traore yeah. on the right-hand side, but he took that from the left-hand side, pushed into the center and put that shot on. Yeah. And so, and Neto too, both those guys were playing far more in the center of the field, which is also interesting because wolves have, uh, they, they're playing with the five, this like five, two, three formation. And the two outside guys who make up the five for defense are called wingbacks. Okay. And the right wingback for Wolves is a guy named Nelson Semedo. He came over from Barca um, and a lot of hype around him. And he's been, he's been decent defensively, but hasn't really done a lot offensively. And one of the things I've been concerned about is both. I, it feels like him and Traore are always in the same part of the pitch. And it's like, dude, you guys are both in the same place. One of you's got to move. And what I noticed in this match with Traore shit, like drifting towards the center more, Samedo was able to run up that line and it just create, it created more havoc because Samedo's also got some good pace, not Traore pace, but he can wreak some havoc on that right-hand side too. So I know we already spent a lot of time talking about Wolves, but that's, I'm excited to see if they continue that uh, that strategy going forward. And if they do, like, I do think wolves will score more and they'll first at least be way more fun to watch. Nice. All right, let's move on. Let's take a peek at how we did in our lock it in calls. <clears throat> Nate, you predicted Manchester United over Newcastle. You got it right. Brings your record of 15 and 10. Um, I'm riding the city train until I can't ride it. No more. And I took City over Everton, which was a win. That brought me to 14 and 10. Uh, Kyle, unfortunately, you took Chelsea over Southampton. They drew, and that is a loss, which brings your record to 13 and 12. Um, so this week, Kyle, it's time to, time to maybe climb out of the doghouse a little bit. Who are you going with? Yeah. Well, I got the uh, – that, that – stank on me recently so nate i apologize for this one but i'm picking wolves over newcastle that's all right all right i believe didn't didn't your uh didn't your downturn start at your wolves wolves prediction <laughs> it did it did so like you maybe know, this the, will the, take you out of it it's like the freaky friday movies you know i'm i'm just going back to whatever caused the uh the switch and i'm just trying to do it again to reverse the curse Smart. Smart. <laughs> I like it. Um, I am taking Manchester City this week. I'm going to change things up and go with City. Uh, they play West Ham. That's a one versus four. It's it's it could be a good game. It could also be another City win. So I'm going with City until they lose. Three now, nil. Three nil City. Three nil City. I like it. Uh, Nate, I'm looking at our sheet. 
That's a pretty big call. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm like so bored of, of our picks. I'm so bored. I, <laughs> I want to pick city, but I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. I wanted to pick wolves, but that's like far more nerve wracking. So I am going with Burnley over Spurs, straight up Burnley win, one nil. Wow. 91st minute. <laughs> smash and grab, mm-hmm. 91st minute, Burnley, one over Spurs. And a, full, and a full on Jose meltdown press conference afterwards. That would be awesome. Uh, I know Natalie will be very happy with your prediction. Yes, yeah, she will. All right, so matches this week to look at. Like I said, I'm taking City over West Ham, but that's a one versus four match. Uh, Should be pretty solid. Um, Leicester is playing Arsenal. Should also be very solid. And then uh, the game that I will get to sweat out and be nervous about and maybe be upset about. Maybe I'll need a cry session on your trampoline. Uh, Chelsea and Man United play this weekend in 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 a big match. All are welcome to cry on our tra- trampoline. <laughs> yeah, I did think. I, that, uh, as I say, did I miss any matches that that we should be focusing on? I don't think so. Those are those are the top three that are that are interesting for the casual for the casual viewer. The casual neophyte viewer, if you will. Um, all right, so Kyle, let's get back to your top eight. Um, let's do a quick refresher for anyone who doesn't know. Um, your top eight, Man United, Leicester, Chelsea, Leeds, Everton, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, and Wolverhampton. Uh, who are you going to be watching this week, and what are you looking for? All right, boys, so I'm double dipping again. I'm going to be checking out Leicester City versus Arsenal. Um, I'm really hoping that Aubameyang is going to be able to play in this match. I didn't get to see him last time I watched Arsenal. and um, you know, I think some of the Lester guys were actually hurt too. And so I'm hoping just for a little bit more health and to see a full squad from both of these clubs, um, and should be a pretty good match to boot. Like you mentioned. For sure. Uh, it's a good call. Let's go Arsenal. Get that win. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I think Chris, you and I are probably opposite in our like rooting interest right now. Wolves had a great weekend where all the kind of mid table teams around wolves drew or lost. And so um, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for the top table teams right now to obviously push city, but also to, to give wolves a chance to pull out of, of the bottom of the table. I probably, I'm saying this Kyle for your sake, um, clearly not to advance the cause of wolves at all but i just looked because i knew one of your early criteria was you wanted a team that scored a lot of goals and so i took the time to uh, rank the teams left by goals scored yes uh, number one is manchester united with 53 goals they're leading the league I was going to say, they're not just leading Kyle's top eight. They're leading the league. Leading the league with 53 goals. Uh, Leicester is second with 44. Chelsea with 41. Leeds with 40. Everton with 37. Arsenal with 31. Crystal Palace with 29. And bringing up the bottom of your top eight are Wolves with 26. So uh, there you go. 
Yeah, that's no, I appreciate that. And I think that's, a, there's a couple of things to call out there. Number one, that's why Man U made the list again, right? <clears throat> I, I didn't speak very highly of them when I watched them the first time, but that was early in the season and they've been a really exciting and really successful club the rest of the way. And so because of that, because they're leading the entire league in goals scored, um, that's why they're in the top eight. And I want to give them another look on the flip side. Wolves are at the bottom of that list. But what I mentioned that when we were talking about the Wolves leads match is if Wolves can be more like the team that we watched this past week, that would continue to bump them up uh, the list quite heavily. And so I'm hoping that that can continue. I'm not, I'm not presuming they're ever going to be near the top of this list, but if they can just play their normal solid ball with a little bit more energy, a little bit more excitement, a little bit more pace, that would go a long way. Yeah, it's in some ways it's surprising that 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 match with Leeds was one nil, right? It felt way more exciting than a yeah, nil and, and an own goal. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, cool, good job, guys. Thanks for letting me run the show tonight. It was fun. We'll Thanks. catch you all next week. Yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs>